Welcome to another episode of Modern Life. Thanks for joining us this week. We're going to talk about the game, the video game, The Wolf Among Us from recently closed Telltale Games. <laughs> because there's a board game? Why did you Well, have to there's specify? the comic books. <laughs> the, hey, the video hey, game. Hey, the video game. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> um, that's my sister Tabby joining me. How are you, Tabby? Good, good. Uh, before we get going, I do just want to say, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about, um, let us know. You can email us at the Modern Life. No, it's ModernLifePod at gmail.com. And on Twitter, our handle is at ModernLifePod. Um, and you can also find us on Instagram at ModernLifePod. So let's get going. <laughs> All right, so as stated before, we're going to talk about the video game The Wolf Among Us today, but before we start, we want to have a new segment on this week's podcast. What are we going to call it, Tybee? Modern Thought. Modern Thought, all right. Um, we just we want to talk about something that's just on our mind or in the news or... Yeah, really just anything, and I'm going to start. I've been reading a lot about this whole right to repair thing, and if you haven't been following it, it's basically because everything's so high-tech, all that all that technology, like everything in your iPhone is patented, and it's all owned by Apple, so it's really hard to just go in if something is broken and repair it yourself because that's all patented material in there. Um, so you have these big companies like Apple, they're fighting against your right to just be able to repair it on your own. They want you to bring it into their own shop and charge you a way higher fee than needs to be to repair it. Um, and also, if you try to repair it, your warranty automatically yeah, is Yeah, exactly. If, if you open it without them there or without them doing it, your your warranty is voided. But there was just this big article this morning, because I'm kind of following this whole thing. Um, there's a bunch of people, lo- there's a giant group lobbying for right to repair, and you have all these companies lobbying against it, and there's kind of this legal battle going back and forth. But there was this big investigation this morning on CBC, and they brought in their broken laptop to the Apple store, like the screen wasn't working and the Apple store quoted them like a $1,500 repair and told them just buy a new one because it's not worth it to repair it. So after they got the quote from Apple for the $1,500, they then took it into an independent repair shop that opened up the laptop, noticed there was like this little disconnected wire, just reconnected it and everything worked fine and they did it for free. And so... It's it's just one of the many things in this ongoing battle to have the right to repair um, as Apple's kind of having these, you know, predatory practices. Like, they don't want you to... They don't make any money if you repair it. Like, they just want you to buy, you mm-hmm. know, a new laptop, a new mm-hmm. iPod, iPod, iPhone. <laughs> um, no one's buying iPods anymore. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if you kind of read up on it, it's just... It's happening all over the place, like as cars become more and more high tech, like you have people who are trying to repair their own Teslas, which is the most high tech car on the road, or it's a really big issue with farmers who live Mm -hmm. in these rural isolated areas and their tractors, mainly John Deere are just 
packed with patented technology from John Deere, and they're having a really hard time because they're hundreds of miles away from a repair center usually, so they just want to be able to repair it on their farm. Um, and it's also a huge... That's so funny. This is kind of what I've been reading about, too, um, just that you're bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And it's also a problem with the right to choose your... Like under capitalism, not having the option to not choose like a monopoly chain to get something done, which is basically part of the tactic here. Right, because if you keep, you know, all the repair manuals and the replacement parts and all of that is, you know, it's all technically protected under the patent. So it's really hard for independent shops to get what they need to be able to repair your stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the companies that's kind of, they constantly are in legal battles over Apple, but they're, they seem to be sort of winning the battle is, I believe it's I, ifixit.com, and they they take everything apart themselves. They take pictures. They make their own repair manuals. They even manufacture their own parts and then ship it to you so you can repair it at home. But, I mean, Apple obviously hates them doing yeah. that, but they're, you know, there's there's a huge demand of people. They don't they don't want to buy a new iPhone just because their screen is broken. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to be able to fix it, which, and I get both sides because yeah, it's all intellectual property, but there needs to be a middle ground to where people it can doesn't fix foster their own stuff. consumerism yeah. as much as it does. But that's just been what's on my mind that's and it seems to be one. constantly in the news. So I just wanted to bring it up. Excellent. Um, I wanted to talk about the concept of separating the, artists from their work that's something i've been hearing a lot lately it kind of rubs okay. me the wrong way interesting um and i i follow a lot of like bibliophiles on instagram and i've been hearing it there too and Wait, just what are bibliophiles oh um uh, people who love books oh oh yeah I, like <laughs> audiophiles like bibliophiles i sorry I yeah just, I got it got it okay keep going no um And the concept originates from an essay called The Death of the Author, which maybe you would have um, learned in school. It's kind of one of these famous essays. It's by Roland Barthes. Okay. Barthes, he's a Frenchman, I believe. (laughs) Um, It's from the 60s. And the concept of separating the artist from their work means, in this essay, where it comes from, that once somebody's dead, you can no longer ask them about the meaning of their work. Mm-hmm. And to interpret that, you cannot uh, draw from their biography to do that exclusively. Meaning, uh, you can't just say, this author was gay, so all of their work has like a gay subtext. Or right. this author was Catholic, so there's like a Christian message. And so that's the original idea of separating the author okay. from the work. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. It's probably a little bit of both, because as an artist, you do put a little bit of yourself in your work, of Mm -hmm. course. But the way it's used today, and I think we all really struggle with this, um, you can't, for living artists, you literally, there is no separation of that. If you're buying or supporting, you know, pieces by a known abuser, you're directly funding them and they're... Mm you know, their financial situation and their fame contributes directly to them being able to perform these egregious acts of violence against other people. Right. So there's no, there's, there's no such thing as being able to separate those two. And I Mm. feel like that gets thrown around a lot. And then, um, I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of authors who are dead. For example, I, 
have only read one Charles Dickens, and I don't plan on reading any more in the future because he was a racist misogynist who was attracted to teenagers. Right. But that doesn't... I still recognize the value of his work mm-hmm. and that he is a great writer. And the, I struggle with this, too, because I'm a huge Dracula fan, but I couldn't read uh, Stoker's other book, Lair of the White Worm. I couldn't finish it because I could not ingest another horrible racist stereotype which is what this entire book is because it Mm. was just so toxic for me to read um and i think even though you're not directly supporting these people because obviously they are dead it's not a coincidence that what we mostly teach in schools and what we perpetuate as classics are like white dudes and there is value in what we recognize as to what we attribute value Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and i think um I personally, of course, also need to do a better job of seeking out those works by people who don't fall into that group right. of white dudes. So there's there's still power in that, even though it's a little bit different than people who are alive. But I just think it's a lot better to say, I struggle with this and let's have a conversation mm-hmm. about it rather than just completely um, shirk all responsibility right. and say, oh, no, that's this is the work and this is the author and they're completely separate and I don't need to you know, interact with that intellectually. So is it easier to separate it once that person is dead? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, but I think you still, you still contribute to what's, um, floating around in social consciousness. Like we still associate Christmas with Charles Dickens. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't hear a lot about some of these authors who are celebrated, like we love the great Gatsby, but we don't hear about how he, uh, you know, mentally abused Zelda. Like nobody's talking about that. <laughs> like it's. Wait, you're talking about the author of the, the great author, Gatsby? Yeah. <laughs> like, t- that people know what you're talking about. You're jumping all over the I'm place. Wait, who is Zelda? His wife. His wife. Okay, like not everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not everyone's as smart as you, Tubby. It's, okay. Whatever. <laughs> No, yeah, it, no, I'm just I'm just struggling with it, and I feel like we, on some level, we should all be struggling with it. Right? Well, and it's it's hap- yeah, I mean, it's happening a lot right now, right? Yeah, with the Me Too movement, exactly. and you have Cosby and all these comedians. Where I think it gets really hard is when you have someone like Weinstein, who is like, I mean, he's not directly making the movies, but he's involved with it, and he's it. profiting. Greatly right. from I know, yeah. This so is what that, I'm talking about. That's where it gets really murky yeah. because it's like, on one hand, you want to support, you know, you want to support all the actors and the directors mm-hmm. who make the movie, but it's you're also supporting the people that are funding the movie and producing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's maybe there's not a right answer for those kind of situations, but yeah, like when I. Like, I was just watching The Hateful Eight the other day, mm-hmm. and I totally forgot. Like, it, you know, the beginning, you get all the movie credits, and they're like, the Weinstein Company, because Tarantino had all mm-hmm. his movies with Weinstein. I was like, so weird to see. Just like, whenever I see a movie now with Kevin Spacey, it's just... Yeah, or Morgan Freeman. Which, or, there's so many Kevin yeah. Spacey movies I love, and it's just, uh, just really... Even though I love everything else about the movie, just knowing that that one person's in it, it just kind of... I can't be well, in the movie anymore. I just think right, about but that actor. I think the way you're doing it, that's a healthier way to do it. Right. Rather than just be like, oh, I have nothing, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't want to think about this. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird thing. It's, I think it's only going to happen more and more. Yeah. I mean, we're not done uncovering scumbags, especially in the entertainment and arts industry. You yeah. Know? 
And do you want to jump into Wolf Among Us? Let's do it. The Wolf Among Us by Telltale Games, which recently closed, and we're going to jump into that a little bit too because... Back to capitalism. <laughs> Back to um, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe if you're listening to this, you've already heard about this huge um, scandal. Telltale Game pretty much fired all their employees, and they were hiring employees like a week before. And yeah. there's a big push towards um, forming unions because it's basically the only thing that will protect you from these predatory practices. And especially in the entertainment industry or any kind of creative work, there's this really horrible mindset of you made it here and there's a million other people who would love to be you. So mm -hmm. that now justifies that you get to that you have to work without being paid that you don't get benefits right. that you have to and it's if you're not a cis white dude this is even more toxic because it's saying you have to tolerate these behaviors from your coworkers because you're black or because you're trans or like because you made it now you're in the video game right. industry you're following your dreams and it's not yeah, a you healthy really way got to look against at it. white people today, huh? I always do. Oh, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean I don't I don't know the whole story on that. Like, were they... So, was the company just not providing any benefits or anything like that at all? Um, I, I know what the biggest debacle was, is that they just closed without notice. Without notice. and Leaving all these people without a job. And then also, they... I don't believe there was a severance. And then they do this thing, yeah. too. A lot of businesses do this. It's um, the non-disclosure agreements mm -hmm. that pretty much anywhere you work, you have to sign that now. Right. And also the independent contractor loophole where, like, oh, you're not really our employee. Like, we just is, hired Is that you. what happened with Telltale, though? They had a few. In, yeah. Okay. I, I was reading about it. And, um, yeah, they had a few. Yeah, and I don't... I mean, I don't want to get into the politics of it because I don't know enough about the unionization and all that because I know unions aren't always good either. But, I mean, I th was the, the employees were trying to unionize? No, I think there's just now a huge push towards that because people are realizing sort of net, there's right? no... I mean, the the voice actors strike, that's that's been going on and those people just want, like, right. transparency and safe stunt work and like very normal demands and even that is not being acknowledged by ea and you know all these big right now do we companies. know exactly why the game studio closed down were they just not making money they wouldn't or? yeah that's from what i was reading Interesting. that's basically it that seems so weird because they were like i mean they had all these games associated with really you know with pop culture things that mm -hmm. are like that everyone's very Game like Game of the, Thrones and yeah, like every I think probably Telltale is best known for the Walking Dead mm -hmm. games and um, not like there's a Walking Dead game where it's like a shoot 'em up game. This, that's not this one. There's another Walking Dead game that Telltale made where it's an episodic game, and it's much more true to the comic book I think, and I, that's what they were most well known for, especially the first season, which was a fantastic game. Um, but yeah, I mean they were making Game of Thrones games. They had just signed on to do, um, oh, God, what's that Netflix show? I'm blanking out. Uh, the Stranger Things. They were going to make oh, a game okay. with Stranger Things. I mean, they had they had all these projects signed for things that are really popular, so I'm kind of surprised that they weren't making any money. Um, but who knows? I mean, if it's such a dysfunctional company to where they're just going to close without notice, God knows what mm -hmm. else was going on behind the mm -hmm. scenes 
as far as the finances are concerned. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, unless you got something else to say, I say let's dive into this game. I think we're just going to go through it um, episode by episode, okay. and we're not going to do a big recap of each thing. We, we've been trying to be better about that, but I think it would just take up so much time to tell you again what happens in each episode. We're just going to... Um, I mean, do you want to just give your overall feelings about the game first? I'll do that then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I know um, you have some strong feelings. I love... When the title sequence and the menu mm-hmm. with the flower patterns laid over each yeah. other, love it. Amazing. I love the use of purple and shading too. Yep. Gorgeous. I love the title I, sequence. I the music and the right when you load up the game, um, and yeah, you're in that main menu. The music is what what I noticed first because this is very much. I feel like. I feel like I'm in the movie Drive a little bit. It's just kind of like nighttime, cool music <laughs> in the background. You have these purple colors yeah. in the menu. I was like, okay, this is really cool. Um, yeah, I feel like it was. I was just kind of getting this cool vibe, like I'm this cool detective. It was like John Wick meets Drive meets like like I'm in this cool alternative mm-hmm. world, and like it got you in the mood right away just from the main menu, which I thought was really cool. And um, you didn't know that it was about fairy tales. I had no idea. Um, I had no idea it was about all these fairy tales. I never, I didn't even know about the comics. I never read them. But once you start playing that first episode and you kind of get what's going on and it's all these different fables as people, I was like, that's really cool. Like, I, I had no idea. And I don't, I think where the game fails on the surface is kind of the what do you call it, the, the cover art, right? Like, if, if I were to buy this game at the store, the cover art is just like a the main werewolf. character as a yeah. wolf. I would never know it's about all these fables and this murder and he's a detective. I, like, I don't get any of that just from the art. So, I don't know. Maybe they could have done a better job there. <laughs> but I, I love the fact that it was about the fables. I thought that was a really cool idea. And I was, as soon as I, as soon as that message got across to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I had, um, I don't know if you had the same problem. I had, I was really confused about the word fable at first because in the States it's used as a magical fairy tale story and then also a moral with animals. And Mm, that definition, those two definitions exist in German as well, but I only had ever heard it used for like a moral with animals. Which you're from Germany, so that's why that confused you. Yeah. yeah. And like I remember when the Fable games came out and I was like, Oh, is this about are you playing an animal? Is there like a moral to the Yeah, <laughs> I see no. what you mean. Um, but yeah, I mean first episode I'm trying I'm trying to remember everything that happens. I mean it really just sets the game up. Right? There it, okay. The first murder happens at the very end, right? You yeah. find the head and that's how the first well, episode and it's ends. kind of towards the beginning. Also, he's in his apartment. He's got an empty ice cube tray. I hate that. <laughs> Fill it back up. Put it in the ice. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a dysfunctional guy. I mean, you get that right from the beginning. And he's living in this nasty apartment. There's nothing in his fridge. It's just the stereotypical yeah. detective who doesn't take care of himself. And he's just into the job 24-7. But I love those kind of characters. I even though everyone it's, does, yeah. Which I mean, they always work. Um, um, okay, so I had a huge problem with this. They find this head on the step, 
at the end of the first episode, right? No, it was towards the beginning. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you're right, you're right. Oh, they they find the second head. They just leave it there. And then they have this whole long conversation. I, I could not get into it. Well, I think this is a theme throughout the game, is that it's really... I mean, this guy's a professional detective, and he's investigating stuff, or they'll do a biopsy of a body, and it's just... Like, whoever wrote this, like, either they just didn't have the time to make it very detailed, or they've just, they have no idea, the people who made this game, what they're talking about. It's just, it seemed so... The criminological practices (laughs) were so insane and rudimentary (laughs) that, yeah, it really pulled me out of the game. He's, like, like, just sniffing the blood. There's no blood test trying to, like, who does his blood belong to? Or it's just, like... He's touching the head with his... Um, bare hands. No one's taking fingerprints. It's just yeah. very like this is like the 1850s detective work. And they just leave the head there. They have this whole conversation. The head's just lying there at the front entrance of this busy apartment complex. <laughs> and also, it didn't check out emotionally in any way that Snow White is like. Oh, there's a head. I'm going to go get Bigby. And then she walks downstairs right. and she's all cool about it. And she's looking at it. You would be out of your mind. Even like oh, yeah. veteran police officers like oh, yeah. vomit. And no, that is not a normal reaction unless she is a psycho serial killer. And that was the <laughs> plot twist all along. Yeah. It I did mean, not check it, out. It comes up time and time again where it's just really kind of. And then he. Um, Walk, he puts his hand over the eyes of right. the dead head that's been laying there. Yeah. And A, the eyes close, and B, they <laughs> stay closed. That is not a thing. Hey, it's how it works in movies and games. That's okay? not a thing. We all know that's not a thing. Shh, be quiet. That honor would, the dead and close her yeah, eyes. Yeah, you also have to lay something on their eyes so it stays closed. <laughs> and that head would have... No, that's not a thing. I mean, it didn't really take me out of the game as much as I think it did you. Well, it shouldn't have been to the point where it was so ridiculous and so... Right, because the game takes place in, what, the 1980s, right? Right. Supposed to be the 80s. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting, judging yeah, by how big yeah. the phones are and the old <laughs> yellow taxi cabs in New York. It seems to be, like, yeah, around the 80s, maybe late 70s, but... No, because he had like a wireless phone in his apartment. Yeah, I but know. that doesn't stop people's normal reactions. No, yeah, it's to it's things. kind of weird. Um, what I got, I'm kind of going into episode two a little bit more. I felt at a certain point there was almost too many characters for me to follow for a minute. I don't oh, know if really? you got this at all. No. Um, which I feel like got better as I played the game more. But there was a point in episode two where I'm like, wait, Lily, Faith, I like kept mixing them up. Because I feel like I didn't get to know the characters that well, especially the ones that were dying. I don't know. It was I just felt overwhelmed for a second. I feel like it got better towards the end of the game, but there's just a lot of different fables to keep track of. I feel like, and I, this Bluebeard character gets introduced, and I never really got a good understanding of what he does in the world. He just seems to be like the financial guy, but nobody knows. <laughs> now, on the other hand, I really liked interacting with all the characters like as i said just kind of bringing all these different fables to life as characters i think it's just an awesome idea and i just love like hey there's snow white and there's beauty and there's beast and 
it's just like I really like being in that world. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's something this bothered me in the comic books too, though. This is going to be nitpicking, but that's what I'm amazing okay, at. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they don't seem to understand, and I've seen this in other media too. Schneewittchen and Schneeweißchen are different Snow Whites. They're different characters. Because this Snow White is like sisters with Rose Red. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't be because it's a completely different Snow White. So, I mean, but I don't know what is... Is there a different name in English for those There's two not. different Snow Whites? Oh, and so Americans that. get confused. But they're, diff- they're different stories. They're not related. Just letting y'all know. And so there's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, right? Yeah. And then what's the other Snow White? Snow White and Rose Red with the bear. Where she like falls in love when a bear comes to stay. Oh, God. I, don't remember. I barely That's remember That's like my that favorite fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more of a German thing. Like, I don't think it's as well known here. It yeah. It be crazy. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, That's why people get confused, Germans too. Germans are, like, obsessed with their fables. Yep. Um, I thought the writing in the game was sometimes really lazy. I think the best example being in episode two, you are... Um, I think it was episode two. Hold on. Where is it? Yes. So you're you're looking for the hotel, right, where the murder happened. Uh, Lily's murder, I believe it was. <laughs> the open arms. The Open Arms Hotel, and you're trying to find all these clues, and you are, um, you know, you're interrogating this prostitute in the strip club and all that, and it turns out the hotel you're looking for is literally right next to the strip (laughs) club where the lady that was murdered worked, and it's like, like, was all that necessary to jump through, like, wouldn't that be the first place you check, maybe? Like, because you know it's a hotel room. He's like, this is, this 207's a room number. Like, but where is it? Maybe the hotel right next to the strip club where these girls are working out of? It just seemed, like, really silly. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to jump a little bit, all over, little bit all over the place. It comes up again for me in episode five. It starts with this your car chase. You're chasing Georgie, right? You remember that? Mm-hmm. And you're chasing Georgie all through the city. You turn to this wolf. You're jumping from building to building. I thought there were going to be consequences for that. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was going to be a huge deal with Snow White's like, you were like a monster in the streets. Again, for... weird writing. Yeah. Like people wouldn't have noticed a werewolf jumping from building to Nobody's building bothered. or like on top of a car. But, anyways, you go through this huge car chase of New York City. And then you just go back to yeah. the footing and guess, pie. guess where Georgie, the strip club owner, <laughs> He's like, going back goes to his back to the strip club. Like, it's not a secret hideout. The chase was no, not necessary. I had at all. that same reaction. Never mind <laughs> that like, they don't oh even God. like. They th- Georgie is in this car with the lady he works with. They, like, think they lost you in the chase, but then they don't even, like, hide. They literally just crash the car outside of the strip club and run in. Like, wouldn't you hide the car? Like, make it look like you're not at the strip? Like, it just, I thought it was so bizarre. And also, the real cops only show up once. They don't show up when there's, like, a bloody car and a trail right next to And we know the cops frequent that place because we saw a cop come out of the open arms. Like yeah, that's not, true. They're not worried about, about this yeah. crime scene. It's fine. We're just going to leave this here. <laughs> Another thing is, is when you find the crime scene at the open arms, there's still just blood everywhere. Meanwhile, this murder happened like 24 hours ago. Like, no one's been in that hotel room. Like, no one cleans these hotel rooms or anything. I guess not because there's... they're... No, because that one was like a private room. 
Was it? Yeah, so I think there was like a private okay, deal because Snow or Beauty was like, I don't have the key to this. It's I get, That doesn't bother me so much, but it's just when you have these big setups for things that then are just turn out to be really obvious. It just seems really silly. Um, and God, you know, I don't know. It's not like a big budget game, so you only have so much time to make these games. I don't know if you just have to take shortcuts sometimes. Yeah, it but comes off a little silly, though. You're right. It is silly because you spend a whole episode trying to find out where the hotel room is, and guess what? It's next to the strip club. <laughs> Soccer! <laughs> um, also, another thing um, that Americans are obsessed with, when you're looking through the Book of Fables for the page for Cinderella, it has a pumpkin carriage on it. And this bothers me go. because it's just perpetuating Disney constantly. <laughs> and I feel like if you're drawing from all these really cool ancient fo- folklores... Do you research a little more? Do your own thing. I, I'm tired okay. of seeing this pumpkin carriage. I've seen it. It's everywhere. Non-stop. What was it in the original fable? Do we know? Is it just a regular I think she carriage? just walks there. Really? There's no pumpkin mentioned. I thought maybe it's just a regular carriage. She, I don't think pumpkins even grow on her property. <laughs> No. Well, it just shows you how much influence Disney has on these fables. Yeah, it just, you know? uh, it just rubs me the wrong way. Also, did you know about that fairy tale, Ala Lairau? Did, had what? you heard about that at Ala all? Ala Lairau? Yeah, the one that with the girl in the donkey skin that you then find in the Book of Fables when you're looking for No, fairies. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I had read it a long time ago, but it's definitely one not one of the more popular. I've never heard of the Jersey Devil either. No. Never. That's the East Coast thing. But I do like that they, they have all these yeah. old school fables incorporated with some new world Definitely. fables like Definitely. the Jersey Devil. And then we had to look up what the Jersey Devil was. And now we know more. I, just just a quick explanation because I know this game only has so much budget for their lines and for their dialogue. Because Snow White says, oh, that's German for every kind of fur. But Rauwan or Rauchwan, which is fur that's not yet processed into like pelts, right. like a, like an actual piece of right, clothing. Right. I don't. I had to look that up. I don't yeah, feel I've like that's. Yeah, I've never heard a, of that word. And we're both German. <laughs> that's not like a word that's used in modern times. I feel like so her being mm. like, oh, that's a German word, but it's not like a normal German word. That's like a pretty yeah. old school word. Well, if you're like. An artesian craftsman from Austria who's just fuming right now listening to this because Rauchwan is a part of your daily vocabulary. Like, let us know. But I had never heard of that. Um, Let's move on to episode three because there's a pretty uh, important decision to be made in that episode. There is a point at the end of episode three where you have the choice to kill Tweedledum or let him live. And I killed him. What did you do? I killed him too. And I got the glitch where he shows up later. I Googled it. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a glitch where it does show up later. He is not dead at all. But I didn't, feel, I didn't feel bad at all because he's shooting me like 20 times with the shotgun. Like, I'm going to kill this bastard who he keeps interfering with me. He's like tried to kill me multiple times. Like, I'm going to kill this guy. But the game gives you 
like shit for doing it later I, on. I didn't experience that because oh, again really? I had that glitch, so I don't know what how people react. Oh, was to he me back permanently? Yeah, oh, and I didn't, I didn't realize it until the end. Then I Google did, and multiple people had that same issue. How strange! <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I didn't have that glitch. So, how did people treat you, or what? It, it, was it just the came up a couple times in the dialogue at the end where they were just like. Like, you're the same old bad wolf. Like, you killed Tweedledum. Like, they made me out to be this bad person. And it's like, this guy's, like, tried to kill me multiple times. Now he's shooting me with the shotgun repeatedly. Like, I'm going to defend myself. Well, and not only that, this video game uses um, superhero uh, violence logic. Where right. certain actions you can do, you can break somebody's spine over and over and over right. and it has zero effect, which is what I did to Tweedledum when you push him against the, the yeah. wall over and over. But then other things like one knife kills you forever. Like I see this in superhero movies all yeah. the time. And because the I didn't know what was what mattered and what didn't because yeah. I'm a human being and I'm not in this like video game <laughs> logic. I'm like when the choice came up, I was like, well, technically I did just kill this guy right. based on all the things I just did to him. So I don't know what. <laughs> well, and we, we, we looked, we sort of looked this up because the game never explains it. Um, just like how, how exactly can, because some characters seem to be stronger than others. And the theory that makes the most sense, but the, the game never really confirms it. And I don't think the comic book really does either, but is the theory is if you're a more well-known fable, it's way harder to kill you, hence why like the wolf or Tweedledum can take all this damage. But spoiler alert, when Georgie dies at the end of the game, just from one single knife stab, like nobody knows his fable, so he's just not a very strong character. Do a lot of people know the Jersey Devil? Because that seems to be a... I don't know, people from Jersey do. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of people that live over there. Okay. Um... <laughs> That seems to make the most sense, but again, the, the game never explains why some characters can take such a beating and punishment, and some characters die so fast. So Well, and also in this situation, I could not... I'm having trouble arresting just one guy, Ichabod Crane, and right. since he's now in my custody, I have two civilians now with me, Snow White and Ichabod, mm -hmm. whom I have to protect... So, yeah, if killing this person is my only option, yeah. I, I didn't, yeah. Because they're coming at me. They're like, not going to stop. Yeah, it was a little And silly. then also Snow White giving up Ichabod was really, like, that was not a responsible thing to do, especially as a leader. You cannot choose your friends over somebody who is in your protection <laughs> currently. Like, I that I shocked me. I was like, really? what? And, like, she's trying to be this big, tough, like, mayor now yeah, she's like, oh, you can have that's him. That's the only thing you can do at that point because Bloody Mary's just going to do whatever she wants But anyway. she didn't try to run away and there's constant gunfire and then it constantly, um, it cuts back to her standing in the alley like shocked and I'm like, you didn't want to go hide behind a corner yeah, or anything know. from this? <laughs> then she's Stop trying to make so much sense of it. <laughs> Uh, what else you got for episode one and two? Um, so for episode one, I went to Toad first. Oh, that toad. And then I went to Prince Lawrence, so he died for Mr. me. Mr. Big Baby. Did you? <laughs> Did <Sorry>. you? <laughs> I love the Toad's accent. <laughs> the second I started playing the game after episode one, I started going around the house with that accent. Yep. And you were like, I knew you were going to do that accent. <laughs> you know how much it costs to get glamour, Big Baby? Did you? 
Did you do the toad first? Uh, I did do the toad first. Because in the mirror, it looked like that guy was dead. So I was like, well, I'm going to help toad because the other guy's already dead. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then also here's a continuity error where toad at this point does not know that anybody has died. Yeah. But then he has a line about, or we talk about Faith being dead and Toad already knows about it. There wasn't like a, wait, who died? Oh, okay. Don't I know if you caught that. that. And then also when it has a choice of grab the Toad or slap him, mm-hmm. I chose to grab him. Okay. But then later in episode two, he says, are you going to apologize for hitting me in front of my boy? And I'm like, well, nothing I do matters apparently because you have just decided that I like hit the Toad, right. which I did There's not There's some do. weird glitches in the game, obviously. But it brings me to a greater point where... The game, like every other decision you make, this little thing pops up in the top left, and they're like, this character will remember that. And half the time they don't. Half the time it doesn't matter. It never mattered. At all. Um, Because you really, I mean, this just goes to a greater point of it's this fake choices matter thing. Because at the end of the day, there's really only two or three different endings anyway, right? So it's yeah, not- but I thought that maybe you could craft this world in a way where people would react to you differently. But I right. even when I looked at walkthroughs online and saw what other people did, yeah, it was still the same reactions from Snow White. From right, and then uh, I looked this up to see if other people were bothered by this, and then all these smarty pants online were like, "Well, it's a game of choice, not of consequence," and I'm like, "Oh my, like, what does that even mean?" So yeah, you want a game of choice, but we're back to this like Kentucky Route Zero Conway <laughs> like syndrome of how do you feel about the wolf? And I'm like, right. Well, I want. The, I just want ah. my choices to actually matter, especially yeah. if the game's saying like this character's going to remember this later. But then don't even have that pop up at the top if it's not about right. consequences. And I wish like a game that does this really well. I think uh, what was it Until Dawn. Know that horror game? I was just, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Because that game, you can go into the menu and, like, you can see where you're at with every single character as Mm -hmm. far, like, your your relationship with them. And I think that would really, that would really help a game like this where you're interacting with so many characters. Like, if you're making all these choices, it would be nice to see, like, where am I at with all these characters? And in a game like Until Dawn, it it definitely seems to matter a lot. And people more. die. Yeah, like people actually <laughs> die. They have totally different reactions depending on where you are with them, relationship-wise. And in this game, that's just—it seems to be like that on the surface, but nothing really matters all that much, which is kind of frustrating. Um, especially because, like, just talking about Toad. If we want to jump to the, just jump to the end real yeah. fast. Like I did, I made the choice where I like you find. Ichabod Crane, who was running the town, you find his jacket, it's got all this money in it, like, I took the money, and then later you're talking to Toad, who was about to get kicked out of uh, Fable Town by Snow White to go to this quote-unquote farm, where I guess all the unglamored fables have to go, and you give Toad this money, you're like, go get glamour, so I don't have to kick you out, and everything seems to be fine, then at the very end of the game, the frog gets deported anyway, and so it it's just... I mean, right that there was, is the problem. It's like, it didn't matter at all what I did. That was really... It was almost, like, insulting. Yeah, it yeah, really was. I was like, I didn't ever... Oh. Especially because you have all these choices leading up to it where you're, like, arguing with Snow White about that situation, and then you also give Toad the money to get glamoured, and then none of it matters at the end. It's like, why? Like, what are we doing here? 
just it just seemed really silly. Yeah. Um. Also, so at the end of episode one, going mm-hmm. back to that, yeah. Uh, and you find Snow White's head on the steps. I couldn't wait to start the next episode. I had to look up right away if she was dead or not because. Why? Oh, because I was like, if this is a game that's all about fridging, I, I'm not here for it. Fridging is a is a term used mm-hmm. when uh, female characters die for motivation. Okay. Um, for the male character. Okay. And uh, it, that doesn't happen. She's still alive. Right. Um, Spoiler. <laughs> um. So starting with episode two, at the beginning, the police are there for a second, mm-hmm. and again, this whole interaction with the police it just rang so untrue and false for me, because they're so committed with this bad boy image of Bigby that again his emotions don't reflect any normal person's reaction okay. because his like lady friend just died right? and he's acting like a pouty child and he's immediately jumping to anger You, there's the stages of denial and depression and other you don't immediately jump to anger and don't cooperate with the cops and also I don't believe that the bullies show the friends of the deceased, like pictures of yeah. their severed heads. I don't know. The, the detective is like, "Here, look at this. Like, are you gonna talk now?" I'm I don't like, think what? he would interact with the police though, because they keep everything under wraps for Fable Town. No, well, but I'm just talking about his reactions and where he's at and like his emotions. Okay. That did not. Didn't he didn't even seem sad at all. He was just like slightly angry about it. Interesting. And yeah, but. <laughs> With victims of this kind of violence, I don't think that people who are close to those victims are no. then like put in <laughs> like an yeah. interrogation and like look yeah, at this disgusting body. <laughs> I'm like, well, what? What? But they're interrogating him because he like runs into the crime scene, right? So does he like? Yeah, because he lives suspect? there. I don't know. But they know he lives there, and he, they know that that's his friend. I so guess, why would yeah. they be like? I don't know. It's just. And then also the memory wipe spell, does that affect the camera? Because I thought he was going to oh walk God, out and grab thing, the camera. Right? And he's like, no, just need this picture. What's technology? So Crane <laughs> comes in, like, wipes everyone's memory for the last 24 hours to get Wolf Bigby out of the interrogation room. But there's like, a, yeah, there's a camera recording everything in the corner of the room. And no one seems to care about that. I mean, when everyone wakes up, hey, let's look at... Hmm, I've been asleep. Everyone at the police station fell asleep. Let's look at the video today. <laughs> this is a normal day. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Um, and then the next thing that didn't check out for me either was uh, in the interrogation, which I chose the woodsman. I think you chose Tweedledee for the... Oh, I chose Tweedledee, and I, yeah. and I beat him up a little bit. Wow. Not much. No, I did not use any sort of violence. I'm a good cop. Even... Yeah, this game was constantly pushing like police <laughs> violence on you, and I was constantly rejecting yes. it. But to anyway, a point. Th- th- I want to get to that actually. But what were you going to say about the interrogation? Um, so I grabbed Bluebeard because Bluebeard. Then if you don't hit him, Bluebeard starts hitting the suspect. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So I chose to grab Bluebeard, um, pull him off. Snow White will still be angry at you for what happened in there, even right. though I didn't do any right. of it. And then Toad um, later watches it with his son in the mirror. Oh, really? You didn't catch that? Where Toad is like looking in the mirror and then I he's like, oh, what that. were you watching? And then you ask the mirror. Yeah, why is he right watching a- and right away I was like, he was probably watching me. And then the mirror even says later on, 
um, yeah, you know, he was watching you. Right. <clears throat> but why? Why is? Why is Toad watching with his like little son some really violent, intense interrogation scene? On a, like yeah, that's weird. Not dad of the year at all. No, <laughs> like that that didn't make any sense either. Well, no, I didn't really hit Tweedledum interrogation. I think I just kind of like shook him up a little bit. Shook him up, but like I didn't like beat the crap out of him. Yeah, no, I really wasn't that bad with him. I mean, I I gave him a cigarette, I gave him a swig of his whiskey, and the guy just kept being a smartass. So I, I didn't. I don't think I punched him, but I think you started. You just like. You like put your arm against his throat or something a little okay. bit, right? Okay. okay. So just just a little bit of letting him know who's boss, you know. <laughs> um, so going to the dead body examination, which any basic forensics TV show would tell you is not performed on clothed bodies. And that was on Lily's, Lily's body, yeah. right? Yeah. And they had this whole thing about, ooh, we have to take our clothes off, and I'm like, yeah. That's part of being, that's part of the job. Yeah. No, like she's being all, Snow's being all weird about it. Never mind that they have this dead body in this damp dungeon. Like That's again, not stiff again. None of these fables are subject to Totenstarre. What is, what is that called? Totenstarre? When bodies go stiff. Oh, you're going I all don't, German on me. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. I, I forget. But yeah, dead bodies go stiff. and Or do they? And like, wouldn't you... Like, she's a prostitute, so wouldn't you check for things like, did she get, like, raped or things like... Like, there's... The whole investigation of the body is so, like, wishy-washy. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. like, not professional at all. No. It's, it's really kind of weird. <laughs> like, if this whole fable town, but they don't have any sort of official room where you can, like, examine a body. Like, you're going to do it in this moldy, weird, like... <laughs> You're like <laughs> investigating this dead body in this moldy little dungeon underneath <laughs> Fable. It's just really kind of weird. <laughs> and then when you get um, TJ's witness statement, TJ, uh, TJ's TJ? the, the, the toad son. Oh yeah, the little boy. It's got me a little emotional. I thought oh, it really? was. I thought it was acted out really, really well. The voice acting was phenomenal. And kids can come off as kind of an annoying right. or you know yeah. not genuine and the way he was so distressed about what he was seeing and man this is tough it, it got me also this type of interrogation is oh god again not at all <laughs> like police actually often hire um there's actually a demand for this job but huh so if you are good with kids, maybe this is for you getting witness statements out of kids. Interesting. And the things you need to, the environments you create for them right. to make it safe and the type of language you use for them to even talk or right. like, I think from what I was reading, they sometimes even build forts or do like video calls into court so the huh. kid doesn't have to be there. There's also a lot of... This use is the of 80s, Tubby, Okay. I'm going to do things <laughs> Wolf Bigby's way. There's also use of, like, service animals a lot that the kids can hold on to in court. Huh. So just the fact that TJ was even talking at all and then he was really distressed, it, it made sense to me because he's not in a comfortable environment. He's no. in this weird office. He's with this weird wolf guy and his But, like, are we also just expecting way too much from this 
little indie art house game that's on a limited budget. It's got little episodes. Like, it's not going to be hyper-realistic, No, um, I think with that, it's fine. I just think, like we just said with the forensics and stuff, if you're going to include that in your game, don't be so ridiculous about it. Yeah, And, and going back to, you know, investigating the dead body, the beginning of episode four, the doctor is like, you know, suing you up, all the bullet hole, like getting the bullets out of you, like you you've been shot up in this alley, and he's doing it like on your couch. I have a lot of things to the say. The doctor about that is scene. wearing a suit that is covered in blood. He's not wearing any sort of medical like, garment. Not wearing gloves. You're getting blood all over your couch. It's, that was so bizarre. Like, is there no is there no Fable Town Hospital? Like. This is, again, another thing where I was like, well, I don't know what to what to contribute meaning because first aid is all completely arbitrary and violence right. is arbitrary and injuries are... He ha- at this point, he has a compound fracture, which means that the bone is protruding out of the skin. And first of all, you have to stop the bleeding, <laughs> which is never done on anybody. So these people have an infinite amount of blood supply. Well, why do we even have to take the bullets out of him? It obviously doesn't... Wouldn't you just have to take the silver bullet out? I mean, I don't... Again, there's no real answer to what what And, and none of these people, are, you know, can get infected by anything because right. that's the number one issue when you have a compound fracture right. is now that is open to infection from the outside world. Nobody's wearing any gloves on anything. Right. Nobody's stopping the bleeding. And then you also have to keep the arm in, like, the same position right. for it to heal at all. But the dude just puts, like, some gauze on your arm, and you're like, I'm okay now. And I'm like, well, if you just heal yourself, then why are why we even gauze, doing right? this? And first of all, there's a big deal made out of the beginning of the game that Bigby only has this one chair in his tiny little apartment, and now he's getting blood all over it. His chair is ruined. <laughs> it just seems weird they would be doing it on his couch slash chair. Like, just getting bullets out of him, getting blood all over the place. Like, there's just blood on his floor in the apartment. This is very bizarre. Um, Let me go back to... um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, the next thing you do... This was in episode two. You go to Holly. Because I figured out right away that this was, like, her sister or whatever. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. But I didn't... You smarty pants. (laughs) Um, So, you're going into this bar where you know you're not welcome... And also, I love the when she asked. This was in the earlier episode, but when she asked me if she if I want a lime, and I'm like, yeah, I ordered tequila because mm-hmm. I want a lime. Did you say you want a lime? Uh, I think and so. And she goes, she gives you shit for the right? down the street has limes. Yeah. <laughs> I really like, She's like that. You wuss, <laughs> taking limes with your tequila. Uh, so you walk in there with your intention to notify the next of kin. And you throw a cigarette on the floor and then stomp it out with your foot. He's constantly throwing cigarettes all over the place. Is this the way to start this discussion? (laughs) By, like, dirtying up somebody's, like, establishment? Yeah. This was just bizarre to me. He's constantly doing it throughout the game. He's just putting his cigarettes out on people's floors, like, in the meat market, in the (laughs) bar, like, everywhere. And then I think we... Both chose be gentle with Holly, which I regretted immediately. Why? Um, because I should have 
chosen be direct with Holly. Mm. Though I don't think that the game is thinking about it in this way. I think it was like a be nice or be right. not nice option when really, um, in real life, doctors have to be as direct as possible and police officers right. because you immediately go into denial. Like your brain does not process. If you say things like, oh, they've gone or you have to literally yeah, say yeah. like, they're dead, they're no longer alive. Right. Because your brain will not process it. And me being gentle and like, you know, you know who it is. You know who, you know who died. You know. I'm like, that's not the best way to tell somebody. By the that way, there's a, if you ever died. seen, uh, it's, uh, what is it? it's, I believe it was called Contagion. It was with Matt Damon. I might have had a different title. There's a great scene in that where his wife dies in the beginning. And the doctor is so direct with him, and he goes in this denial. Regardless. He's like, "Oh, can I it's can I go see her?" Scene. Right? Like everyone like, should YouTube it. That's like what kind of what actually happened. Yeah, yeah, like if you're making a game about this, maybe you should <laughs> do some. Hmm. Um, where were we? Were, are we are you on episode? What episode are we? We're on episode two, and I the next thing is going to the strip club. Right. Oh yes, this is. This is what I wanted to talk about because you mentioned earlier that the game is constantly forcing encouraging, police violence on you. It's, it's encouraging you to just be a violent detective. But then if you don't choose that option, you just keep asking the same right. thing over and over again. It doesn't actually bring you to a different route of narrative. Prime example being when you go to the strip club and you ask Georgie all these questions. And I mean, I think. You literally ask him like eight times. I don't think I'm exaggerating. And you, you were like one away from getting it, but you like chose to break something. Yeah, because I, I just like, get fed up. I was so there with you. Yeah. I can't believe I actually got through it all without breaking you anything. Keep, he keeps like backing himself into a corner and you keep coming at him and you're like, tell me what happened. Like, tell me where you keep the record book of all the clients. And he keeps dodging the question and then you keep threatening him like to, you keep threatening him with like busting up his nightclub and he keeps i mean it just go it's the same question over and mm -hmm. over and finally i was just like i'm gonna like i have this baseball bat i'm gonna just start busting your nightclub up like because we're obviously not getting anywhere here so i think i like i busted his tv and i busted like his neon sign but it's <laughs> yeah it, it's there's no other option. You're either just you're running in circles or using violence to get where you want. And there doesn't sometimes there doesn't seem to be any other choice at all, right? Also, can you imagine working in a bar where there's a floor safe handle behind the bar? That is an OSHA violation. That is not safe. <laughs> trip over that. I'm not tripping over that constantly. Like God, mixing your drinks. You think about Tubby. That <laughs> bothered <Jesus> me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one else would ever complain about that <laughs> well because they put like a keg over it right and i'm like i'm supposed to work yeah. behind this bar running around this keg all the time do you know how busy it gets but it's just i like i'm trying to pretend that my choices matter so if i don't seem like i'm getting anywhere like i don't want to miss out on getting a clue so the only mm -hmm. other option i have is like obviously i'm not getting anywhere with this guy so maybe violence will do something and that's just that's how I felt a lot of the times yeah. in the game. Like right? the Tweedledum decision. Like the Tweedledum thing. It's yeah. like no matter how many chances I give this Tweedledum guy to like back off, he keeps trying to kill me. Like, I'm going to rip your throat out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's. 
I totally agree. But I did in that scene. I love the shot of the bat approaching the boombox. It was really good cinema cinematography. Because in, in you're, the strip club scene, in the because it follows the camera follows the mm. bat um, grinding over the bar and then stopping right. In oh front yeah, of yeah, the that was cool. Boombox. I that thought was that was cool. well done. You're like threatening the. He's got an emotional attachment to this boombox, obviously. Georgie. Okay, I have to talk about something else. Here we go. Okay, this whole prostitute strip club thing, it is only there because every single game has to have this as a signature feature, and there's no thought put behind it. There's no reasoning there. What, the strip club? Yeah, every okay. game you play, because remember, these games used to be basically only for, like, straight dudes there has to be what you talking about the video games yeah i'm talking okay. about all video games there always has to be like a prostitute there always has to be a nightclub there's either like a strip club level or it's just a signature part right. and it just felt so extremely forced in this where i'm again witnessing not just violence against women but against sex workers which is on a whole different level of problematic especially in a country where this is illegal and sex workers are actually treated as subhuman a lot of the time because like it's but seen as something it, wrong is to the, do is that strip club like part of the comic though i don't remember reading about it in the comic okay. i'd have to look into that because then it's like are you going to change the source material just because of that? Or are you sticking true to the comic? Yeah, but I don't, I'm not concerned with the comics because this has to function as its own environment. Okay. Um, and because prostitution is illegal in the States, then why is it suddenly totally okay in Fable Town when other things like these magic spells, which Buffkin says are not illegal, yet I'm extremely worried about these illegal black market magic spells that are not illegal. But I'm totally okay with prostitution, yeah. and this is an accepted part of the world. And we've just are now finally emerging out of these stereotypes and really harmful elements of games that we're now examining and being like, well, why is this here? And I feel right. like this game was still at a time. When was this game? Two thousand thirteen. A couple years I ago, think. right? Three years ago? I don't know. And because sex Maybe workers earlier. in this game are also not treated. They're clearly not treated as human being. Colin says, I'm interacting with the disenfranchised. So mm -hmm. these women are not seen as having a normal job or owning their sexuality and making money off of that. Right. You know, they're seen as less than because they're prostitutes. I Once you're walking into the strip club, I have no choice but to, um, you know, be a witness to verbal abuse towards Narissa. Right. And then also in all the framing of the shots, there's either a naked lady in the background or a poster of a naked lady. Hey, so there's some naked guys in the background too. The no, I'm talking about no, that's when you're walking in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm, I did love that. <laughs> I'm talking about this scene where you're talking to Georgie. Yeah. Um, and be, at that point, to me, it's just there for titillation, hmm. which is what most of these things serve as a purpose. If that makes right, sense. Right, because you could just you could come up with anything, right? It's yeah. a backdrop to the murders. Like yeah. It doesn't have to be a strip club. So, I, especially in this, I was just really tired of it. Like, I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it just serves as the function of the whole story. So, I mean, just come up with something else to catapult Right, and murders, if this is a right? normal part of, of Fable Town, if... They, they, why is that a normal? Is this, yeah, this I is guess not, it never gets addressed. This is not an aspect in any fairy tale. <laughs> like, this is not... Right. Yeah. Uh, Okay. 
Because it's supposed to be just a strip club. Like, they just, they're kind of just, they don't know or they're turning a blind eye that there's prostitution going on, right? No, they know there's prostitution. I don't know. The game doesn't challenge that at all. Because he just thinks it's a strip club, right? I don't know. Yeah. Because he's like, he doesn't know at all what's going on in this, like, subculture of Fable Town. Yeah. It just, we can move on. Um, So there, can we talk about the Beast and Beauty? Oh, my least favorite characters of the whole game. (laughs) If you ever played the Walking Dead game from Telltale, there's this character, Kenny. And that was your beast. That was the the character of Beast from Beauty and the Beast in this game. That was the version of Kenny from The Walking Dead, where it's this character who's constantly one note, and he's annoying. Mm, and One note, yeah. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. make a lot of sense always how he reacts to things. Like <laughs> we I mean, were, we couldn't help like watching other play each other play because we live in the same house. Yeah. And I just remember one time where you were just screaming, "Just talk to your wife!" Yeah. <laughs> but it's like there's a misunderstanding earlier in the game where Beast thinks that Beauty is cheating on him with you. That then gets cleared up, but then later in the game, Beast seems to still be mad at you for that in some relation to it, that, which yeah. makes no sense at all. He's like, "Can I turn my back on you?" It's like, wait, no, we cleared this whole thing up. She was just letting me into a hotel room because there was a murder that happened there and you saw the murder scene. So why is this even still an issue? But it's just this character, he's constantly one note. He's not all that bright. He's like asking you to do illegal things for him. Like, it's just completely annoying. And I mean, luckily he's not in the game all that much. Like Kenny in The Walking Dead is there all the time. You don't interact with Beast all that much, but... The scenes that I do, like, I can't wait for them to be over because he's just insufferable. Yeah, and in that scene where you're fighting, I knew that's what was going to open the door, that you're, like, crashing into the door. Um, But I thought there was going to be a difference in reaction based on um, my choices in that scene. Mm -hmm. And again, there were not because I chose not to hit any of the, um, what is that called? The reaction buttons? When it says, like, go left, go right, hit X, hit... Because I was like, well, I'm not going to fight with my friend. So you don't even die? No, he kills you. Oh, he does. I was mad. <laughs> my notes are, WTF, Beast killed me. <laughs> like, it doesn't, there's no, like, oh, he's not fighting back. Let's talk about this. Okay. It's just a game over. And I'm like, wait a minute. This guy who's supposed to be my friend would have killed me? Are you supposed to be friends, though? Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're basically like room. I mean, I don't know. You live in the same you're building. Like best friends, though. Yeah, but beauty treats you kind of like a pal. Talking about the fighting, I think all the action scenes are really cool. But I yeah. wish, I wish there was a setting to where you could kind of increase the difficulty of it. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it all comes really easy. It's pretty forgiving mechanics when you're fighting. And I wish there was just, you know, for people that, you know, do play maybe are more experienced with gaming, that there's just a little bit more of a challenge when you're playing. Like, I don't think it'd be that hard hmm. to program into the game just to make it harder. Or, like, when you have to hit triangle during the fighting, just make that get that window where you can hit the button, just make that shorter so you have to react faster. Just little things like that hmm. to where I just... I'm on the edge of my seat a little more and I like really have to pay attention to be in it and just make it a little harder for me. Like I would have appreciated that. Okay. But yeah, that the, didn't bother yeah, me, but I see what you're saying. All the action scenes, I mean, I, there's, they're a lot of fun. I think they're pretty, they're choreographed pretty smartly, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And the art direction is always really cool, especially like in the alley fight and 
Yeah. You got the shadows and everything. Like, it's just, Definitely. I mean, the art direction of the whole game is really cool. But yeah, I wish it was just a little harder sometimes. And the game also doesn't let you miss any clues. Like, when you're in the hotel room, like, you can't leave until you found every single clue. And it'd be nice to have something like, hey, if you miss the clue, that sucks. And you're not going to uncover this other thing later because of it, right? Like, the game won't let you fail, basically. I was fine with that because I know it's hard to... That would be a huge no, game. No, yeah, it would be. But then setting it up to where the mood is supposed to be different, as a, like, if you're bad or if you're good, and right. still not receiving that feedback, that, to me, was the, the frustrating part. Not the detective work being kind of easy, but... Just the whole reactions from other people that were not tailored right. to my choices. Right. And, and, also and, and sometimes, like, the game gives you an option to say something, and it comes out completely different than I thought what would happen with that choice. Like, it's not, it does, sometimes it's not always clear cut when you make a certain choice with the character or what Bigby's actually going to say. And I don't know. It, this game isn't as bad about that as some other games. Yeah. Like, thinking back to. <laughs> Mass Effect 1, which had an insane problem with this. The one choice I remember so clearly was, in both choices, Shepard ends up saying the same thing, where it's like, protect the ship. And then Shepard goes, protect the ship, shoot down all the civilians. And Joker's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, and me as a player, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I didn't agree to say that. <laughs> shoot all the civilians. <laughs> And then we're in the bedroom. There's a blood-soaked bed. Mm -hmm. And Beauty's a civilian is just helping me out with this investigation. She's, again, not vomiting. She's totally <laughs> fine. She's, like, in there, like, sleuthing it up with yeah. me. And I'm like, I, am, I get that I'm the only police officer and there's no force and it's just me. That right. does not mean I get to recruit all these random, normal people. Right. Into my, like... This is, again, like the Snow White thing. It just didn't translate for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's funny that you say that there's no whole police force. I don't, I don't quite understand the world where it seems to be pretty well-oiled machine. On the other hand, there's like only one sheriff yeah. and like one or two administrative people. And I one just, doctor I and no forensics expert. But then there's, I mean, there's this whole other world, like the farm where people get sent to. So it seems to be like a pretty big world with lots of things going on but then it's not sometimes it's just this really tiny scale world and i just i don't know sometimes it doesn't line up for me like i'm not i'm not exactly sure what the scope of this world i'm living in is yeah if that makes sense no, that's, that's true um so i don't know if you caught this but in this uh crime scene mm -hmm. there's a red scarf draped over a lamp and also in the yes, office there's that. a purple scarf you saw that oh i didn't know the purple scarf do not put scarves over lamps they will I catch the fire this has happened twice in our life and i keep seeing Did this in movies you? well it happened with your other roommate it with happened, rick yeah and then this also happened when we were really young and our mother had put like a blanket over oh, i don't remember that at all like, yeah this happened to me like four or five years ago where i was living with this person and they put all these clothes over their lamp and I wake up at one in the morning <laughs> and there's smoke everywhere. The fire alarm's going off, but there's no fire. Like, there's so much smoke. We really can't figure out what's going on. We have to call the fire department. Oh, my God. Everyone's out of the house <laughs> and the fire department goes up and they, like, they find it's my roommate and all her clothes are starting to smolder because lamps get really hot. 
But I, I noticed that in the hotel room that this piece of fabric's on the lamp. It's the like, first no. thing. It like brought me back to that happening. I'm like, oh, everything's gonna catch on fire. <laughs> Never mind that the light was already on. So the light's been on for like a whole day since oh, the murder happened. Yeah, that this thing whole place should down. be on fire, but. There's no blood transfusion, so there's no fire <laughs> physics either. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's no Fable Town Fire Department. Would you just call the I regular 911 at that point? I was, I was thinking about that. Or is Bibi going to come with a little, little garden hose? He's going to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> and people are still going to be like, you're ruining this community. <laughs> yeah, he can't do right by anybody. By anybody. Um, and escape his past. So the fairy tale book that you're looking through in that crime scene? Yes. Um I, I actually read it. Did you read it at all? Oh no, I just I looked at the pictures. I, <laughs> no, I didn't read it. I was reading it, but it doesn't have the full story. You like skip through it and I got okay. I lost track. I was like, what? That's not the story. And then I realized um there was just parts of it because of course they're not gonna do the whole story. Yeah. Um but actually I think besides some strange punctuation, that was all pretty accurate. So good job. Nice. Tell tale. Wait, you read it and you were looking at the punctuations of it? When I read things in general, I look Get at punctuation because it helps you read things? <laughs> what, what is happening? <laughs> but you took notes on the punctuation of it? Oh, the only thing that was wrong on the cover of it, it says... It was um, a semicolon missing. <laughs> it says... Grimm's Märchen, which means Grimm's fairy tale, that has an apostrophe on it, but for possessive in German, you would not use an apostrophe. Like, I, f- I feel like you're just a few years away of being this old crazy lady, and you're going to start emailing these game companies going, you missed the punctuations here in you this part of the You know what's bizarre? People are so hateful of anything to do with <laughs> linguistics, and you would never find this in, like, there are not people out there being like, math is all wrong. Two plus two does equal five. <laughs> Yet when I do all this right, with language. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> also, all the apples listed in there, you know, it was like um, the Fuji, the Red Delicious, mm. and the Empire. Yeah. Was he just trying to replicate the apple from I think from so, the because story? that never really gets tied into every, anything, anything else, right? right? I think it's just that he's trying oh, okay. to recreate it like bit by bit because he's... A weirdo. Well, if you're trying to recreate Snow White, which is an ancient... Yes. From Grimm's times. Right. You would not choose Red Delicious because it Deli- is... Delicious. It is an American apple from the 1880s. Well, you would not choose well. the Empire Apple because it is also an American breed from the 1940s. Apple history lesson. And you would not choose the Fuji because it's a hybrid from the 1930s Japan. So what apple does you have? Ichabod just doesn't know his apples, oh, is all Ichabod. I'm saying. Ichabod. <laughs> Didn't do his apple research. I don't like... So Ichabod, he, they fly him to France, right? To and this Paris. is all fine. Like, um, there's no follow-up. Yeah, that it bothered me that there's no, <laughs> there's no conclusion at all with him. Because he's kind of really a scumbag, right? And he let this Fable Town kind of go to shit under yeah, his watch. Yeah, he's been embezzling. And so the 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 crooked man, Bloody Mary. I mean, we're on Ichabod's crane tail, so they just fly him out of there. Like, but I don't like. Why are they protecting him? I don't get that either. Do like, why do they care at this point? Because he's compromised anyway. He can't help them anymore because he's not in power. So why are they even flying him to Paris? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't like that. There's no closer. Yeah. And there's there's no even mention of it at the end of the game. Going like, hey. 
Like, I know we solved the murder and the crooked man's under wraps, but you need to go to Paris and get, you know, Ichabod Get yourself a baguette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just no closer with that, which is a little disappointing. Um, also, I don't know if you noticed this. There's a car chase two times in this game, and me being a wolf with claws, I never have the idea to slash anyone's tires. I thought that was weird. Yeah, you just keep smashing like Donkey Kong smashing yes. the roof. And it's I'm not looking doing for Ichabod Crane. I find him at the strip club. He parked. He's driving like a giant green Rolls Royce. It looks like no, like no. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be like snow. Stay by the car. Yeah, I'm going inside, but then you both just go inside. Not, not even that. Like if I make about Crane, I'm on the run. Wouldn't I hide my giant green luxury car in the alley? Maybe, but also. Like, just slash his tires so he can't get away later. Because that's always... It's just things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. You're a wolf. Use your little claws. Puncture those tires. I don't know. These are just yeah. little things I noticed. I totally agree. Um, also, in that uh, crime scene at the Open Arms Hotel, the camera angles for me were really, really odd. And I had trouble navigating that room. I had that a mm -hmm. couple of times yes. where it was difficult for me to con use the controller to get to where I'm but going. But the angle's weird and... I've noticed there's a couple times where the angle's so weird. I'm trying to go left, and I literally have to press down on the joystick to, like, go left. It, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's a little wonky sometimes. And then when you're trying to, when you find an item that you need to look at or investigate, sometimes I found myself having to press the button multiple times for it to get to work. Mm -hmm. So a little bit wonky on the controls. Mm -hmm. um, and then also my brother connected the wine bottle to Ichabod right away. I did oh, not. yeah, the wine bottle in the hotel room. Smarty pants. Because he made such a big deal out of it at the Fableton office. He's like, why didn't you get my wine bottle? Right, but then also there were the Huff and Puff cigarettes, but I don't... Was that a red yeah, herring? Yeah, I don't... And then also when you find yeah. the apple, I really wanted to click on... This apple means that the killer gets hungry. <laughs> I, like, didn't choose... I want to go back and, like, just choose that option. Killer got hungry. <laughs> the worst detective ever. Oh, he's crushing like, it. Gosford Park. And then also something I thought was interesting at the end, one of my choices said 8.1% of players did not let snow go with you to the bar. And mm. I, can't, I was shocked. I was like part of that 8% because I'm, again, I'm the only police officer. I can only do so much. I'm running an investigation. So I was like, well, you're obviously a target, so you're going to stay here because it's safest. Right. But everyone else was like, oh, no, Snow, come with me. We're a team together. Right. And I'm like, she's wearing heels and she's not. <laughs> <laughs> and her shirt has been the same for three days. Can I? Okay. <sighs> Listener, imagine this. It is the middle of summer. You see somebody wearing a snowflake shirt. She's in cosplay, okay? Why is she, wouldn't you be like, it's not Christmas and you're wearing like a Christmas shirt? What is... Yeah. And then she has these giant shoulder pads that like extend out. Yeah, everyone constantly has to wear the same outfit throughout the game, which is a little strange. Well, it's tough. It's tough to like animate that. No, it is. I just would have wished for a little more nuance to not just, oh, her name's Snow White, so she has to wear snow in her clothes all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Doesn't bother I wasn't, me I wasn't that a much. fan of her outfit at all. Doesn't bother me that much, I Big like, B. I'm yeah. going to my frog voice. <laughs> <laughs> I like Big B's outfit though. It's really nice. Um, the the untucked shirt with the tie. Yeah, classic, classic. Like detective not taking care of himself, smoking, drinking. 
We love those kinds of guys. <laughs> Can always see a movie or play a game with that type of character, right? So back at episode three, mm-hmm. getting through this, when he's getting treated after the fight at the funeral and he has his shirt off, and there's kind of like a tender moment between Snow White and Big B, mm-hmm. I wanted more of that. I wanted more of like huh. Wolfie getting along with Toad okay. or more of these, less of people yelling at sex workers and more <laughs> of, um, yeah, just kind of taking a breath, taking a moment. Yeah. I don't know. Because I really, I like that. And then when they're doing the recap, he's putting on a shirt and then he goes, does that about cover it? And it's like a double meaning. Right. Because it's covered dude, up. Dude. Yeah, I liked it. How do we feel about his little piggy friend in the apartment? I chose the, I chose, I, I'm a you big fan of the, the of the dot, dot, dot. <laughs> the I was the, I was the, the Ryan dialogue. Gosling, silent hero. And that resulted in him being deported, which I didn't deported realize. I I really like the idea of he's the big bad wolf and you have one of the piggies and like they're friends later on yeah. and it still gets mentioned like, hey, you still owe me for blowing my house down. <laughs> I, I just, that's like, you yeah, you're that. right. I wish I would have had a little more of that yeah. of these fables kind of their stories intersecting and it getting mentioned and really all that's get meant all that gets mentioned is just how bad of a guy bigby is because he's this big bad wolf and everyone's constantly scared of him it's so one-dimensional where i feel like you could just kind of crisscross the fables a little more and like what's the history with all these people with each other how have their lives intersected instead of using your dialogue budget to ask the same question over and over (laughs) again use it in these more kind of rewarding ways would be my right recommendation are you ready for our next OSHA violation? Oh, where God. Poor, where poor Buffkin is putting together the mirror without any gloves. Oh and he's cutting himself. He's and like he's invincible. Like, it doesn't oh, matter. Buffkin. I like Buffkin a lot, though. <laughs> poor little baby. He's a fun character. What what fable is he from? Uh, is it supposed to be Wizard of Oz? Oh, uh, is it? No. Buffkin? The Flying Monkeys. No, is that that's not Buffkin. They're just Flying Monkeys. I have monkeys. no idea. I haven't read the book either, so I don't know. Buffkin, Buffkin, Buffkin. That's you could some, Google some that f- really quickly. Yeah, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like um, it. Um. Also, now when Bluebeard comes in and he's like, "What are we going to do next?" and mm-hmm. everybody's fighting, I went to Crane's apartment first. Oh, see, I didn't go. I was kind of curious what was there. I didn't. I didn't because I went to the other place. I never got to go there ever. Oh, got yeah. it. Oh man, there was this gorgeous. The apartment has this backdrop. Of this city, and it's again like oh. New York cityscape, and it's raining, and you're looking That's through cool. the window, and it's all purple, so then it fades into pink. Huh. I wish I would have seen that. Yeah, it was <laughs> really I nice. I only chose that because I was not trusting Bluebeard in any way, and he right. kept insisting to check out the apartment. Did you end up finding anything there? You find, um, what's his name? Jack? The, the guy who has a star on his shirt, he's like blonde. I I did yeah. not write this down, but he was um, robbing the place. Oh, um, that's nice. But just why later you find some of the things in there at the um, at the pawn shop. At the pawn shop. Yeah. Like, uh, <clears throat> which I guess you wouldn't know since you never went there. And then also you can ev- investigate some of the things in there, and you can and mostly it's just pictures of Ichabod. Like you can tell this guy's really obsessed with them. So he's so handsome. <laughs> and he. <laughs> 
And then also there was an answering machine clue that you could click mm, on. Okay. And I just wanted to point out, um, just for the disabled community, that was not subtitled, which I thought was really strange because all the other subtitles were doing a really awesome job of color coding and having everything there. So they must have just forgotten about that one. Um, and then also there was a, a few letters that he'd written to about snow and to snow. And the way that was worded was this very textbook predatory male thing, which is also the first conversation they had where he's just screaming at mm. snow. That was like triggering for me too. I thought that was very on point and how these types of men treat their objects of desire right. of, of or obsession. So that was really well done. Um, oh, and then also there's... I thought there was going to be consequences to how much violence you could use because you're injured at this point and the doctor mm -hmm. says you have to like brace yourself. That's not a thing either. No. And there was a... I have to um, kind of break down the door to get into this room where you then find the guy stealing everything. Mm -hmm. And there was a symbol of a foot breaking down the door, but then Big B uses his arm and you can't open it because you're injured. And I'm like, oh, it was... That's weird. There was kind of like a, a disconnect between what was actually happening in the right. game and what the game asked you to do. But hmm. then I don't know how you would do a shoulder symbol either, so I'm going to cut the cut a break there. Um, yeah, so where did you... And then where did you go then? Did you go to Tweedledee's office? I did. How? What was that like? Oh, did you not go there? No, I didn't go there. Oh, look at that. It's just you find like the secret door there. And there's this little office underneath their office where they have all these packages that mm. they're like the middlemen to delivering it to Got the crooked it. man and all that. So you find out they're just, they're I, in on it all. I had no idea really what the role was because I didn't, I went after the woodsman and then I didn't go to their office. So I was They just do all the dirty work. Like Got they it. were, yeah, just like, because Beast was delivering the packages. So they're kind of the middleman between the crooked man and all the people he's using. Right, they had uh, there was a filing cabinet keeping tabs on everyone, like Beauty's loan. Um, yeah, so they're just almost like doing the crooked man's administrative work, and also just a kind of a hired hitman. They're just like doing all this dirty work, basically. You Got find it. out, yeah. Oh, and then also when you're at Ichabod's apartment, Snow will come up, and while Jack is there, who's like a suspect, and you think about like taking him in, basically because mm -hmm. he's stealing. Right. Snow will start talking about oh, Ichabod was. Uh, embezzling and there's a murder going on and I'm like there's a dude right here like why are we talking <laughs> about this like right in front of the dude there were just so many things that Snow White did where I was like this is not very professional you're not professional <laughs> Snow White and then also when you're did you go to the bar then I think so yeah yeah and then Gren passes out from being drunk yes. and then at the top it says Gren won't remember yes. this oh, I thought that was cute <laughs> None of them remember anything, but that that's sad. <laughs> it's a cute little <laughs> side note, yes. They just passed Oh, out. so then when you go to the witch's place, I knew right away that the little girl was the witch. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like not no fooled at all. I option. kicked down the witch's door. I'm like, I'm not messing around <laughs> here. I know you're full of crap. But I noticed, because I watched you play the end of the game, you burned her tree down? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Did you burn it down? No, hell no. This was extremely confusing to me, this whole choice here. Because we're really? following Ichabod. You got a whiff of his cologne or whatever. Right. There's a time limit. Yet, 
again, there's no fire department. I am not a fire marshal. I'm now supposed to create this controlled fire inside of an apartment and burn those. Like the thing that Snow was asking me to do that we literally didn't have time for. Right. I was, I so had silly. no idea what the game was, what the intention was here. Because but I was like, I can't just light this on fire inside yeah. a building. And she's constantly preaching how she's going to change things. But then she just keeps like wanting to disenfranchise the little man. You know, like, I, these yeah. working class people, like, I'm like what? yeah, it is kind of strange. Yeah, I want to go back and I'll watch what it's like to burn down that tree. Does the whole apartment building burn down? Is it a magical fire? I don't know. I wasn't given enough information about this and it didn't make any sense in the moment. It wasn't just that I was being a nice guy. I was also like, how does this make any sense? Especially when you're trying to get this witch on your good side to give you info, and then you're gonna like threaten to burn her life. Yeah. It down. It's also, so the witch bizarre. is uh, Laura Bailey. She's one of my favorite voice actresses, but maybe she wasn't given enough info about this character because she doesn't sound like an old woman in this. Hmm. She just sounds like Laura Bailey. Interesting. Um, really, I thought she, I thought she sounded. Fun. No, she just not what I would uh, like I a crone sound, would sound like. Or, I don't but think I don't she know. She has to sound like. Arr! I guess that was just what yeah, I was imagining. Not every old person <laughs> sounds like that. Um, what else? Okay, that was it. All I, I had know we're doing a lot episode. of nitpicking. I'm kind of ready to get to the end of the trial, unless you got some other stuff. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um. Okay. So. I uh, just want you to know, Nerissa, the Little Mermaid character, yes. is that's Greek for sea nymph. I thought okay. that was really cute that they chose that name. Oh, the painting of Beauty and the Beast in their apartment. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, my yes. God. That was such a great piece of art. Like, I would want to hang that up at home. <laughs> if I had a piece of art of myself like that, I'd hang it up at home. And then also the Jersey Devil uh, character design. I don't know if we ca- talked about it, mm-hmm. but... I thought it was really well done. Very cool with the antlers coming out and the kind of oh, like when coming he, when out he of his mouth. And yeah, that was really a really good I choice. I like this character in general. It's just this sleazebag. And he looks like this old guy, but he's really kind of like quick on his feet. Right? Yeah, like the axe yeah, when he grabs yeah. him. Because he just seems like this weak old pawn guy. But then, but then there's a yeah. guy just like punches him right in the ribs like he's really fast I don't know, it was just kind of a cool character also another line that i want on a t-shirt because i was just laughing forever was the butcher going just me you won't find anything else <laughs> butcher just, was an idiot just me <laughs> who took no responsibility at all for what was going on at his shop well that was another thing that was strange to me because he's like you never cared before about me losing my oh, business never said anything, and dude. i was like was this reported how yeah. was i supposed to know about this <laughs> yeah that butcher oh and he just like won't shut up and he keeps ugh. Just like right there on that level with Beast. I'm like, couldn't wait to get out of there. <laughs> Just annoying the crap out of me. Oh, also something I thought was really funny was the um, Clever Hans, who was not so clever. He's like the janitor at the, oh, yeah. at the strip yeah. club. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that cracked me up. It's really like funny. this big, muscular Hans from Hans and Gretel. <laughs> no, no, he's Clever Hans. I oh, think. oh yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was from Hans and Gretel. The, oh, just kidding. Yeah. Just so kidding. at the beginning of episode five, you're kind of like in the den of lions. Right. And I um, 
I didn't say anything. I was a silent type. Yes. Did you start arguing because everybody else started arguing, and I was like, maybe if they get mad at each other, yeah, they will Um, just fight each other, and I'll stay out of this. The crooked man just kept being like, "Oh, just take Georgia, and we're cool." I just kept being like, "Nah, dude, like you're coming with me too." Yeah, I I was committed to it. They get they all get in an argument with each other regardless. Oh, you're right. Don't take this from me. (laughs) <laughs> and you, I think you, you're like able to point it out to them a little bit, right? They all just like start fighting with each other. Oh man! And I'm just because I'm looking through my notes episode by episode. What you said a little bit ago, my notes are they just go back to the pudding and pie? Really? Yeah, like in the <laughs> car chase, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's so dumb. Like, don't hide anywhere else. <laughs> Like, you're the owner of the strip club. Why would you go back to the strip club? Oh, I want to talk about the reveal at the strip club of Vivian being the Velvet Ribbon Girl, which is another song thing that I did not know. The story thing. Girl story. I didn't know about it. Right. Um, Because this is... This whole dialogue was just bizarre to me because Georgie just keeps talking and talking and I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I really got to go. And then it, it portrays Vivian as this girl who loves Georgie no matter what he does and she's the victim and she's like we just had an idea for discretion it was just this fun way to start a business and I'm like you just had this fun idea to enslaving people people, and when they want to get out their head comes off (laughs) what (laughs) out of your mind like she plays the victim and I'm like none of this where are we like none of this was believable to me I also think it's weird like Georgie's dying there from the knife wound and like there's no option to call like 911 for no, or something again, like yeah, medical. No, again, yeah, you're just talking. This uh, happened when if you if Prince Lawrence is alive, which in my place who he wasn't. Yeah. They are trying to get help. They don't they don't get help. Right. Yeah, they, they just weird. go right into the interrogation and I'm like is this because they're fables and they don't right. need help? I well, yeah. The thing that's weird that was with Georgie is I couldn't figure out it wasn't clear to me if he wanted me to kill him and end his suffering, or if he just wanted me to leave him there. And then I ended up... I left him there. Yeah, well, the option just said, like, press this button to leave Georgie. So that's what I did, because I didn't get the vibe that he wanted me to kill him. But then when I left him, the little message up top said, you let Georgie suffer. And then Georgie's (laughs) like, where are you going? I was like, oh, wait, no. Like, I didn't know you wanted me to kill you. Like, I can do that. But there's no way to go back from that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just another one of those cases where it just wasn't completely clear to me what my choice was going to do. Because um, I would have been happy to kill him if he wanted me to. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about the ending a little bit. I never found out what yeah. TJ's witness statement was. I tried to Google it, but I, when he says, somebody said, stop laughing at me. When he's uh, the body's dropping in the water, right. I still have no idea who that was. Nobody seemed to care, so I didn't find I anything guess. on this. Well, it was just one of the girls that died, right? What do you mean? Yeah, but the person dropping the body in the water, oh, he like heard. Who did that? Yeah, he heard somebody say, "Stop laughing at me." Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I still don't know That's who that true. was. That's true. about that. It never comes back at all, does it? Yeah. So then the legal proceedings kind of equal the Middle Ages. <laughs> In oh the my witching God, well. this bothered me so much. People didn't have any... They were flip-flopping constantly. Well, so they bring the crooked man down to, like, the underground of Fable Town, and they just hold this immediate trial for him, but there's only, like, ten people there. Like, 
wouldn't you get everyone from Fable Town together? Like, that bothered me so much. Like, if you're going to do it like that, just have more characters there, right? Like, fill up the room for this trial. But there's, like, only ten characters there to discuss what's going to happen with the Crooked Man. Well, I guess it was just the ones who were involved. But the Woodsman's not there. Yeah, it was... The whole thing is really bizarre. It it was just strange that they their opinions were constantly changing from one thing to the next. Yeah. Like, uh, that was a... I don't know. Well, the whole point was, like, to get the crowd on your side and convince them to, like, prosecute the Crooked Man, right? Because no one's happy with the Crooked Man, but no one's happy with how Fable Town's yeah. getting run either, so... And we both arrested him, right? Um... Yes. Yeah, no, I arrested him. I didn't kill him. Yeah, we I didn't throw him in the man. witching well. Yeah. But oh, we need to talk about that fight scene super quick because that final wolf form oh, of yes. Bigby I forgot about that. Yes. was like so awesome. I was like, I'm a doggy and you're yeah. blowing the wind. You're <laughs> yeah, because this whole time I'm just thinking like I just turned into this mini wolf. Like I didn't With the know weird I could... ears at the side. Yeah, I didn't know I could turn into this whole giant wolf creature. That was badass. That was a really nice reveal. And yeah, that whole fight with... I like the whole Bloody Mary character, like, a lot. I thought just the way they did her made her look Mm -hmm. and just the voice acting and her attitude. Like, she was my favorite bad guy for Mm. sure. And yeah, when she just turns into Bloody Mary and she's got these mirror shards in her, Mm. like, I just loved the way they did everything with her and she's just a complete badass but you you turning into this giant bloodthirsty wolf not only is it cool but it then also because everyone makes a really big deal about how you're this big bad wolf for the whole game and now you Mm -hmm. you, it makes you understand that a little more like oh i can turn into this monster yeah okay that makes sense why everyone (laughs) is scared shitless of me awesome um yeah it was a great fight scene all the fight scenes yep i yeah, enjoyed a lot good. They were really good yeah all right we need to talk about the ending because it makes no sense <laughs> so in the ending you're talking to the little mermaid girl after everything has ended and yeah i mean i don't even know where to start with this it, uh. Okay. It basically leaves you with this twist at the very, very end. I need to tell you something. I have to tell you something. I feel like we've met before. You're trying to place me. You like my ribbon? Do you like it? Faith wore one too. Would hide her beauty so she could escape his kingdom. They used to call me the Little Did Mermaid. Did Dr. Swinehart ever get back to you about Faith? He said he wanted to run more tests. I hope you find what you're looking for. But it's supposed to be usual suspect style. The um, oh, yeah. the problem with that comparison is that all the clues in the usual suspects leads to the one conclusion right. that Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. In this, it leads nowhere. Oh my God, you just spoiled that movie for everyone. Oh! <laughs> just mess it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because there's... Like, I had to go online onto all these game forums and read up, and no one has a clear-cut answer. It's never explained. It's super wishy-washy. Like, I don't know if someone at the end of making this game just got this hunch of, like, oh, let's put in this open ending, or if they just ran out of time to make the well, game. Well, Telltale or... said it's supposed to be ambiguous. That's just code for 
we didn't know what we were it's doing. It's not ambiguous if you can, because you can argue like two or three different sides and of what of happens. And none of them make sense. Yeah, all of them have loopholes. So it's not ambiguous. That's yeah. just like, not, no ending makes sense at that point. So the first lines is supposed to suggest that these two people are one person. I think we can all agree on that. Right. That Faith and Nerissa are one person. Someone glamoured themselves to look like the other person, right? And then you remember Buffkin saying she would hide her beauty so she could escape wearing the donkey skin. And then also the things that support um, Referring that. Referring to Faith. Yes, the theory that Faith is alive and she's the one walking away. Um, so the first theory is Faith is still alive. Faith was the yeah. first girl that was murdered. And so Faith is still alive, and she glamoured herself to make herself look like the little mermaid girl, right? Yeah, and the things that support that are um, that in the original fairy tale, Donkey Skin wanted to be discovered, and she ends up marrying the new king, and she gets away, and she uses this disguise to get away. Right. So that's the source material. But then why is her makeup broken and her jewelry case broken at the strip club if this is Faith and she had access to that? And why is the makeup right. scattered all over the floor? To just make it look like. And then, if a that is more? the case, Georgie would have killed Narissa. Yeah, Georgie never says he kills Narissa. He specifically says he killed Lillian. That's Faith. why I like the second theory the best, being that Little Mermaid glamoured herself to look like Faith in the first episode to kind of get you on the tracks of this whole murder right to get your attention right but then the things he's remembering don't make any sense of why those lines were chosen to play in the final sequence and also uh, is that just the game developer like trying to throw us off the scent i don't know no no no. that there's different writing intrigue is different from just throwing random stuff at you my name is jj abrams nothing makes sense um (laughs) And then also in the original fairy tale, the donkey skin girl has to work for a living, which is kind of paralleled here that she has to be this sex worker. Right. Um, it, it, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, Georgie keeps saying that he killed Faith. Like he never mentioned. So I don't, I, I think the first theory just makes way less sense than the other theory. You know what I mean? Well, they both don't make any sense. Well, one makes more sense. Because why, why else would Georgie like, lie about that if he's confessing to the murder, right? But then no. why is he remembering, like, where do I... Oh, you're trying to place me, or... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I'm just going off what Yeah, I know. I was is. just reading so much about it that my brain is fried and that it's just such a frustrating ending. It's not satisfying in any way. No. Uh, yeah i mean i know we're nitpicking a lot about the game overall i really enjoyed playing the game um I mean, well i don't know this is part of me looking at something critically and especially if something has like a ending that doesn't make that is yeah. very frustrating for going through a narrative and then having that as well, your it ending. just seems unnecessary just give me an ending i don't know why does there have to be an open ending and then also you can't follow up on like we said ichabod and the fact that this person gave a false witness statement you know right. which is also sure, frustrating yeah. but it's i don't mind open endings as long as all the theories make sense like you yeah. know, the movie Inception by Christopher Nolan. I don't have a problem with that ending at all, but this ending, it's like, 
it's like not they wanted an open ending for God knows what reason, and it doesn't seem to be all that well thought out. It's it just seems unnecessary. Like just give me closure to the story. Yeah. You know what I closure. mean? Closure. Yeah. Especially because they. So as we said, the game studio was closing down, but they were or closed down, and they were going to make a second season of this game, but it wasn't going to be related to this no. at all. They were never going to address this open ending ever again. Non-ending. I mean, yeah, non-ending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like if the second season then dives into that ending, then it's okay. But if you're not even ever going to address it in the second yeah. season, it just seems really silly. Because there's nothing to figure out because online it's just different people yelling at each other and pointing out holes in each theory that right. make complete sense. So it's not, it, there's nothing to figure out. I think it's way cooler if, don't make an open-ended, just make it so that she glamoured herself, that Little Mermaid glamoured herself as Faith, make that be the twist, just make that twist straightforward, and it's like a cool ending, right? Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. Point. Yeah, we have to end on something good about this game, because... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the game overall. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to play it again just because. At the end of the day, the choices don't really matter, and it's all just this illusion of choice, which a lot of games struggle with. That make it seem like you have choices. Oh yes, I wanted to talk about really quickly the evolution of good versus bad choices mm -hmm. because the culmination the grand prix of this what we currently have is dragon age inquisition which came out a year after this game i believe okay where your responses you're not um building a world that's either like crummy or good mm -hmm. because then you're just creating you're spending half of your time creating content that maybe 10 percent of players experience because mm -hmm. people are not psychopaths and they do not want to interact in a world that is just criminal and terrible right. and everything sucks and dragon age inquisition has just choices that are motivated by different reasons that don't have anything to do with a d dichotomy of good and bad okay you have reactions where um there's a symbol saying like oh this is a tear like you're feeling sad about this you're angry about this you're happy about this right. so that you're not surprised but the things that are coming out of your characters gotcha. now okay um and we started really with Fable. This was huge. I was huge. gonna say that's the first time I remember yeah. playing a game. That was a where big deal matter. back in the day that like, you could cool. be like have devil horns or like wings or whatever or a halo, whatever it was. Right. And I feel like this game is so on the right track of making that more nuanced. And obviously, you're choosing between peace and violence and the kind of person Big B is. Right. But there's still more to it than just good or yeah. bad. You know, yeah. and I think we're kind of emerging out of that. That was kind of our jumping off point for choice, right. good or bad. But now we're kind of realizing that you're wasting so much time on something that people don't really well, and want. I, and I think the biggest game where this came up with, uh, where this issue of this illusion of choice came up for people, I think, was Mass Effect 3, right? There was such like yeah, an ending, outlast yeah. where you had... I mean, probably like millions of people who invested so much time, like I did, playing the first game, the second game, the mm -hmm. third game. And then at the end of the day, you're left. It doesn't really matter what you do. You've invested hundreds of hours in this game and you're left with these three choices where all that all three endings are the same, but just in different colors. Like, yeah, I was well, that's so, how I felt a little bit about this <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, I was so infuriated. I think that's when people really started first talking about this whole like illusion of choice thing. And I think... It has come into the public consciousness more and games like when I played Until Dawn, that's 
Mm-hmm. That's when I first felt like I'm playing a game where choices like really, really matter. And that game did that really well. And I think games are just going to keep getting better at making choices actually matter. And it's really hard because when choices do really matter, it, there have you have to... You make know, different games, basically. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to make 100 different games and program 100 different scenes and endings and voice dialogue and it's i mean it just exponentially grows Mm -hmm. if every choice really matters so i I get it's really hard to make but then don't commit to that i would would be my recommendation um again i did like the cinematography in this with some of the cutscenes. i thought the camera angles were i think people don't think about that when they're playing a game but Mm -hmm. so much goes into the framing of things even Stacy, who doesn't play video games, she yeah, walked in. Yeah, she was in. like watching you. <laughs> yeah, she walked in. She was like, "Oh, that looks really nice. Like, it is really well, well designed." Well, and the, the whole way Telltale did their graphics, I mean, it's very like comic booky, and it always looks. I mean, every game I've seen from them, it always looks pretty cool. Like and they do a really good job with that. It went to a point where that was a signature thing, yeah. And that's plays into marketability and being able to recognize these things. Like right. I know when somebody cosplays this and they draw the lines on their face yeah, to look like the characters yeah. i'm like i know immediately th- that's a telltale game right. and that's something you want as a company is people recognizing your product yeah and i don't know it's i mean it's like i mean i first came in contact with telltale when i played that first season of the walking dead mm-hmm. game and to this day it's one of the favorite things i've ever played like i just that game clementine clementine <laughs> um, that game just made me feel things that I hadn't felt playing a video games to where you were the game was just asking you to make these really brutal choices of like hey are you gonna leave this person here or are you gonna cut their leg off and like bring them with and I don't know I just mm-hmm. the game like really sucked me in and it was the first time I'd been exposed to this episodic you know mm-hmm. like releasing games by episode which I think they really kind of pioneered and the art direction's always cool, and for the most part, like you want to interact in the worlds that Telltale build, and you want to interact with the characters. And like on some level, it's sad that those games are not like I would have loved to. Pl- like I love Stranger Things. I would have loved to mm-hmm. see like what kind of game they come yeah. up with there. And it's just you know, it's sad to see that that's not going to happen. But I do wonder if you know, some other game studio is going to pick up any of these titles or hire any of these people to, you know, continue making these games. Like, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, whoever was running that studio is a piece of crap. And oh. it's unfortunate. <laughs> unfortunate that they won't be making any more yeah, games. Yeah, I don't think it's just one person. It's just... No, of course It's not. also the consciousness fans have about this, of right. people online being like, well, you should finish this game now without pay because I want to play Wolf <laughs> Among Us season... Th- and, like, yeah, having no fine. idea what a job is. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't feed your family. Hey, Make my game. Love yourself. We appreciate you, game developers. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's going to leave a void, and mm-hmm. like, I don't know who else out there is making like this type yeah. of game, you know? Yeah. Like, nobody that I can think of, and you know, maybe someone will pick up the torch and run with it, and I guess time will tell. Yeah, that's yep. it. Anyways, um, if you want to hit us up, if you have something you want to hear us talk about on the Modern Life podcast, email us. Uh, modernlifepod at gmail.com at modernlifepod for both Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to donate to the show, there's a link in the podcast description below. 
Um, do we know yet what we're going to talk about next week? I don't we don't know. know yet. Okay, we're going to come up with something. Sorry that we didn't have an episode last week. I was sick. You can still kind of hear How it. How were you? Yeah, I was. I'm not sick at all. Passed Shh. out on the couch. All the cough drops Stacey, in your mouth. Stacy was dealing with back <laughs> issues. And also we're trying to, we wanted to do an episode on this video game and it just... It takes a while. Yeah, you, it's not like a movie where I can just watch it in yeah. one night sitting. It you know it takes a couple days to play TJ. this game. At least we got TJ. I love you, TJ. TJ. TJ is my favorite. favorite. I love TJ. <laughs> my, little, my little bug collector. Um, but anyways, we'll have another episode next week for you. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll Bye. see you guys then. Thank you.